I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my friends Burke and Ripka, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Burke? I am wonderful. It's so great to be here and doing this again. Indeed. I'm so excited. We have a whole sort of fresh slate of conference talks to talk about. So looking forward to it. Rivka, how about you? How are you? Oh, same. Same. I'm excited to be here and discussing and I'm excited. It was so wonderful to listen to the conference and Sometimes I was listening just for me, and sometimes I was like, oh, this will be, be so great to talk about on the podcast. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, in case anybody is brand new and just finished conference and thought, I, I should look for a podcast that uh, ha- has to do with general conference, that's exactly what we do. So we go through each talk one by one. Each episode takes about 30 minutes, although usually more like 35. And, um, and we sort of go over every talk and talk about the parts that really spoke to us and talk about the doctrine and any any actions we should take from that doctrine. So today, we're going to start out by talking about conference as a whole. So I just want to hear sort of overall impressions, what themes you heard, and then maybe after that, we'll talk about any specific talks that really stood out to you. So Burke, what were some of the main themes you heard listening to conference last weekend? Well, I went into conference, as I think uh, many do, and as I probably should more often do, but this time I went in with, with a question, and my question was, what is the next thing I need to work on? And mm-hmm. the answer for me, and at least the first few talks, it seems like, and it came in other ones, was I need to work on serving others. So I, f- I heard that or felt that theme commonly throughout the talks. Hmm. So if you're if you're looking for the next thing, does that mean you have finally mastered faith and repentance? No, I have not mastered faith and repentance. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, this was this was almost more of a recognizing that uh, those are works in progress. What lack I yet? In addition, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> There's yeah, those things will never master fully, right? Um, so as you felt that impression, did it come to you specifically? Are there specific actions you're going to take or that was a general impression and you're working on the system behind it? Well, I think the specific action I need to take initially is to, I would say do better at, but I think the answer would be do at all. And I would be ministering, even though no one specifically said that, that was what my heart felt every time they said serve others. So I need to work on that at least mm. initially. So. Okay. Awesome. Always a good place to start. Yep. Well, Rivka, how about you? What were some themes that really stood out to you? The last few conferences have felt, and probably because they were speaking to a world that was experiencing a global pandemic, but have felt very, um, well, I've said this before, you guys didn't always agree with it, but like have felt like big hugs. 
It's, yeah. he, you know, <laughs> like he worked offering some peace, hold on, like, hang on, keep strong. We're going to weather this. You're going to be okay. This one felt like kind of the next, I don't know, the next step up. I felt like so many of the talks in this conference were kind of rallies, rallying the troop, you know, like a cry to prepare for action. So that was a lot of what I heard. So, I mean, it started right out of the gate with with addressing full-time missionary work, which right. yeah, it's been a few conferences since we've had mm-hmm. talks like that to full-time missionaries or a call for full-time missionary work. Um, and then, yeah, and then just, I'm trying to think of what specifics gave me that, but that was kind of the impression that I walked away with was like, I have felt in the last few conferences when conference was done and I was finishing, I was finished listening to it. I felt loved. I felt peace. I felt, um, you know, just sort of this like enveloped in all the good things you feel when the spirit is with you. And this conference left me feeling energized. Like I like this thread of energy through me. So yeah, I'm really excited to go back back through the talks and see what is there for me as I study them more deeply. Whenever you say that, Rivka, I think of Olaf and I hear you saying, my name's Rivka and I love warm hugs. (laughs) (laughs) I do love warm hugs. (laughs) Awesome. Um, All those words you're saying sound like words describing the spirit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that means you felt the spirit during conference. So that's a great thing. And the spirit is like a warm hug. Yeah, Rivka felt the spirit and it was a warm hug and I felt the spirit and it told me to do something. So, uh, <laughs> uh well, they say the gospel is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I so, must have been comfortable. <laughs> uh, it's true. I I often feel both. Um, you know, I'd eat, there's always a talk or two where I go, "Oh, I really got to do better at that." And then there's a lot of other talks in the, out there that just are sort of uplifting and and encouraging. So um, I think missionary work was one of the big themes. Rivka mentioned that. We had the missionaries over for the Sunday morning session, and um, we talked about some traditions. Um, and, and so we had regular cinnamon rolls with the missionaries, and we had also Deanna made um, – raspberry lemon cinnamon rolls or they were like raspberry rolls with lemon glaze. I don't know. What? Yeah, they were super good. Um, so that was awesome. And then the missionaries were super excited about all the talks about missionary work that had already been given. So they were, they were on a general conference high. Um, I, I think conference is like Christmas for the missionaries and often it feels that way for us too, but Unfortunately, here in the Midwest, then Mother Nature took that very literally, and we had <laughs> snow on Saturday of conference, so that was unpleasant. But oh, um, you know, it, not a bad day to have snow. You just sit inside and enjoy conference, so it, it was really good. Nothing says springtime in the Midwest like a big snowstorm. <laughs> Indeed, and to be honest, I should count my blessings because. It could have been Iowa, and in Iowa, that would have been like an ice storm, right? It, yeah, you know, that's true. Yep. Ugh, yeah. It just, they're like two degrees warmer than us, and that just means it goes from snow to ice, and it just yeah. was awful when the, we lived there. Yeah. So, um, how about individual talks? Any specific talk that just really stood out to you that you're still pondering or thinking about? 
Uh, while President Nelson's sort of hallmark talk about spiritual momentum yeah. was a big one for me. And I think when I started to solidify kind of what I felt this t- this conference theme was, because I, it had felt different the whole time I'd been listening to it. And then when he started talking about spiritual momentum, I'm like, yes, this is the thing. This is like the energizing get up right. and do thing that I was feeling. So yeah, for for me, I mean, I'm it's an easy one to pick because it's the prophet's big talk, but it was I had that moment where I was like, "Oh, thank you, President Nelson. I've been trying to figure out what this was and you just put it right into words in this talk." So, yeah. I love it. Fantastic. Burke, how about you? You know, I'm trying to remember who it was that gave it. I'm looking through my notes, but it was the I think he was Brazilian. Anyway, he gave a talk about deciding to go on a mission and all the concerns he had. And one of the concerns was that (laughs) all his friends were interested in his girlfriend and he was worried that she would marry one of them. And then one of them, totally that's what happened. (laughs) And I just loved it because he said it with a smile, you know, and I'm sure at the time he was not that happy about it, or at least he was very concerned about it. But I just, sometimes the Lord asks us to do things and we have concerns that, that some things we don't like will happen as a result. And sometimes they still do, but, <laughs> but you still have to do it. And the blessings are still greater. So I just, I love that talk. And I think I can't remember now who exactly said, it. I didn't put that in my notes, but I just, I've thought about it a lot since then. Yeah. I, I have trouble remembering everyone's name, even the apostles who, whose names I should know. I just, I'm like, oh, there's this one person who said this one thing, and it was great. <laughs> and I just, I think it know, was. I can't come up with a name. I think it was Gavarette, but yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah, and I completely remember that talk because he did sound so cheerful, and uh, just you know, he's smiling and he laughed, and it was it was such a good story. So, nope, definitely. Um, I think Gavarette. anyway. Yeah, go ahead. I think one that really stood out to me was Sister Bingham's talk um, and just the story about the repelling and somebody holding on to her and, and anchors. And um, I don't know, it just that stood out to me in the in the moment. I, I don't take a lot of notes. I know that uh, others on this podcast do, but I'm not one of them <laughs> and t- until I read them later. And then, um, you know, so in the moment, those stories really stand out. So like that story, the story about, um, you know, that you just referenced Burke, the other one about the guy who snuck, you know, past the church to go oh, to yeah. play soccer. That was <laughs> yeah, such a so good story. That story was actually in uh, Elder Gavarette's talk. And the one I was referring to was Marcos Iducatus. Iducatus. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. Marcos. That yep. sounds right. So some really good good talks and good stories. I got to say that doing the podcast has sort of changed how I listen to it. Um, not consciously. It's not like I'm sitting there um, thinking about the podcast, but um, a few things happen. So one, I think of the two of you and Aaliyah and, you know, sort of the things we've learned about each other. So when Elder Christofferson said, you know, blessings aren't coming out of a cosmic vending machine where you just <laughs> press the button and the the blessing is dispensed. I was like, Oh, I wonder what Burke's thinking right now. <laughs> well, that's funny. Cause there was a talk that was definitely you as well. Uh, and that was yep. elder Suarez's talk. 
Oh, okay. Right afterwards, he's like, that talk was for Todd. He's going to love it. <laughs> I was like. Where he just talks about how he's in awe and amazement because he, I, the gospel has been so good to him and he's so happy. And I was like, this is Todd. Todd's going to listen to me. Like, yes, 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 indeed. That's how it should be. Oh, <laughs> I totally love that talk. It was amazing. And I. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, that's why so many members love Disney, because it's all about awe and amazement. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, Aaliyah, or not Aaliyah, Camilla has somehow become fixated. She's my youngest, and she's in the Young Women's Program now. She's become fixated on Elder Sawadis. So, she had to like listen for quotes and things for part of a lesson she's giving. And for some reason, she picked him to learn about, and he was from Brazil, and so the Portuguese connection, she kept asking me about him. And so that was kind of cool to watch her really sort of find someone that she could relate to. And, and she was really, you know, happy to, to have him in conference. Although we actually missed his talk the first time he gave it and listened to it later. So, um, well, let me see how you guys digest these talks after they happen. So you're sitting there, you listen to them. What happens next? How do you study general conference? Go ahead, Riv. <laughs> Me first. <laughs> yeah, I should have said who, but let, yeah, let's say Rivka. We know you're the best studier, Rivka. Come what? on, enlighten us. I don't know. Maybe the most vocal studier. Um, usually, I take a day or two where I do nothing because it's so much to take in right at first. You know, like I love it, but I don't often get right on and start listening to it again. Um, but by the time the text comes out, which is usually on Wednesday or Thursday, then I start listening and talking with people. I always talk, I always talk with people about general conference. I always have like, what were your favorite talks? What, you know, do you have, do you have favorite speakers? We're not supposed to have them, but what speakers do you connect with best? And it's always (laughs) fun for me to hear the variety in people's answers and what, um, what sticks out to people and, and who they connect with. And so I'm always talking about it with people from the beginning, but then I, you know, once the text comes out and the audio, I read it more than I listen to it. So Wednesday or Thursday, I start reading it. So I know you like paper and pen. Mm -hmm. So, but obviously there's not a you know, you can order like these journals with big margins and everything, and that hasn't come out yet. So do you read it on your device right now? Um, sometimes I do read it on the device, but I have printed out the talks we're talking about so I can ah, <laughs> mark okay. them up. <laughs> Wonderful. And then when the journals with the big margins come, I get them. And I then I'll go through them. Um, they usually come about... Oh, a third of the way into the talks as we're talking about it on the podcast. And so from that point on, I'm setting it in that. And then I get to go back and reread the first ones again and mark them all up. Or sometimes I transfer my markings from the printed one over to my journal. That's what I do. Burks is like, I know he's trying not to laugh really hard at me, but (laughs) he tells... And then he just goes like, no, it's cute. But I know he means it's a little (laughs) crazy. That's how I do it. I, I like it. Good. Burke, how about you? What do you do to study them afterward? So I listen to them almost exclusively, although for the purposes of this podcast, I do also read them and mark them um, usually in the week prior. But in the morning, 
when I'm driving, I mean, my drives generally are anywhere from 45 minutes to four hours, depending on where I'm working that day. And so I'll listen to the Come Follow Me. I'll listen to at least one chapter of the Book of Mormon. And then I listen to uh, the talks that we're studying that week. And the other time that I really love to listen to conference, and this is going to sound silly, but it's when I'm lifting weights in my garage gym. That is my favorite time oh. to listen to conference. And because there's nothing else going on and I can get kind of lost in it and I can still focus on lifting, but I can also ponder the doctrine. And I've never met anyone who listens to conference during working out, except I think my dad does as well. But that is my absolute favorite. So, Wow, those seem like two different kinds of energy to me. <laughs> Like lifting and then listening well, to a conference. You know, I don't, I don't know. Now, so I, I can't, you know, I don't want to lift too hard. I don't want to hurt myself. So maybe it's perfect, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, Rivka's always saying it's a pep talk. So there you go. It really is. <laughs> There's just something about that. The focus I get in that time, I think it's because lifting is not that enjoyable. Otherwise that you can kind of disconnect and think about other stuff, takes your mind off it. So, yeah, sure. I, that's a little bit similar to the reasoning why I like to sort of read and or ponder and or pray when I'm in my hot tub outside, yes. at, you know, out behind my house. <laughs> yep. It's because all other distractions are removed, forcibly removed. And so it just allows this pure focus and it, it's so great. I'll, I'll have to try that. I, I work out in my basement by myself. It's five whatever in the morning and no one's up and, um, you know, usually I'm trying to, you know, get pumped up, but, uh, I think, you, you know, get some energy flowing, but I think maybe I should uh, give that a, a shot, Burke. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but it's great for me. <laughs> the only downside is then if I don't have the motivation to lift, then I don't listen to conference as much. So, <laughs> ah, indeed. Well, that, but it's a, that's a double-edged sword in a good way, because then if you really want to listen to conference, it gives you more motivation to lift. It does. Yep. So... I think what's going to happen is I'm going to try that and then Deanna will find me asleep on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Could be. So, <laughs> um, I should mention that this might be the first conference in years where I did not take a single nap. So, uh, my family was very proud of me. My, I know Aaliyah, when I talked to her on Monday, she's going to be very proud of me. I want everyone to be very proud of me. That was a big accomplishment. <laughs> I'm so, proud of you, but also you. I found your nap. It was Sunday afternoon. I found it for you. So <laughs> awesome. I'm glad <laughs> I'm happy for you. Uh, good. Well, I'm, I'm like you, Burke. I listen. I'm not while I'm lifting, but, um, you know, doing other things. So I've actually already listened to all of conference again. And I told Deanna that she's like, what? And I said, well, if you listen on double speed or 1.75 <laughs> and you skip all the songs and prayers, you know, it's really not that long to, to digest it all. And, you know, that uh, Saturday afternoon session, it's 20 or 25 minutes right out of the gate or chopped off the front of it. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty good. I'm usually one and a half speed, but uh, apparently you're yep. a more intensive listener than I am. Yeah, it depends. If it's something I'm really like need to think about, um, then I slow it down. But mostly I sort of am letting it wash over me again. And then I read them carefully before we talk about them. Yeah. So um, one last question about conference, and that is, did any did either of you understand was the women's session now going to be permanent like is that going to be every conference i i didn't i tried to figure it out and i couldn't it, you know or is this just 
case by case basis. I, I don't like what Elder Oak said was we will do what we want to. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of my impression too. Like, like the reason we're doing this is because the women and their organizations have a need for it. And so this is always going to be a general session and we'll be, you know, <laughs> we'll fill needs as they come. That was kind of the right. impression that I had. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I guess from my part, I would, you know, I would love a, a men's session uh, thrown in there occasionally. And I was hoping he wasn't saying that this women's session is going to be what we do every time, all the time. Um, but I think Burke, you got it right there. As I sort of think back on it, you know, they're going to, they're going to do what, and, and what you said to Rivka, what the yeah. needs are and yeah. what the Lord says to do. Yeah. And that'll work out. So, well, good. Uh, let's go on to the talk for today, which is just the brief opening remarks of president Nelson. Um, and the title was preaching the gospel of peace. So Burke, let's start out with you. What was the fundamental doctrine that you pulled away from this talk? I like the quote where he says, I love the Lord Jesus Christ and testify that his gospel is the only enduring solution for peace. His gospel is a gospel of peace. And if you're looking for very peace, nice, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. It's the only solution. We can try lots of other things. They're all band-aids. Indeed. That is so true. So his, his way is the only way to achieve peace. Fantastic. Rivko, how about you? What was the fundamental doctrine? Um, sort of along that same line, this is from the second to last paragraph. And he says, the spiritual darkness in the world makes the light of Jesus Christ needed more than ever. And I felt like this brief little talk was kind of an introduction to a lot more of what we'd hear about the ways in which we can get the gospel of Jesus Christ into our hearts and out to all, to everyone in the world, because he says right after that, Everyone deserves the chance to know about the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Every person deserves to know where they can find the hope and peace that pass all understanding. Back to the theme of peace. So I love that. Um, so it's pretty rare that I struggle with anything that is said in, in general conference. I mean, you know what? There there were, have definitely been times in my life where I've had to wrestle with things to understand them and learn them or accept them. But I have a weird, weird struggle. And I, so I'm asking for your help today, both of you. Um, so your quote was talking about, um, you know, more than ever is the wording he used. And then back at the top, he said, brothers and sisters, the gospel of Jesus Christ has never been needed more than it is today. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear somebody say that, I, for some reason, my brain just, just rejects it instinctively. And I think, well, I mean, did they feel that way during like World War One and World War Two? And yeah, I bet the pioneers felt that way as they were being kicked out of Nauvoo. And I bet that you know Noah felt that way <laughs> right before the flood. <laughs> yeah. and so you know, maybe he's not speaking literally. Like this exact moment is when it has been most needed. Maybe, maybe it's more of a general sort of statement, but I don't know. How do you two interpret that and, and digest it in the context of the history of, of the world? I think the simplest thing that pops into my mind, at least initially, is the population of the world is the highest it's ever been. So if we look at oh, the, that's a good point. Yeah, the need for a gospel worldwide, there are more people on the earth now without the gospel <laughs> than there have ever been in the history mm. of the world. So 
So he's speaking mathematically. I don't know, but of course that's where my brain went. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like the sort of thing President Nelson would do, though. (laughs) That's a good point. He is a surgeon. (laughs) Well, what do you think, Rivka? How do you interpret that in the broader Um, context? Yeah, I think that's a really um, good thought, Burke. The thing that came to my mind was that there's always been given this imagery of the the time bef- just before the second coming of Jesus Christ, when it talks about the whole world being in commotion, which is more than just not having the gospel, right? But there's just like, that's a really vivid, the whole world is in commotion. Men's hearts are failing them. Um, and And then also things like, like the work is hastening as it gets closer. And so there's just sort of this feeling of, I don't know, it feels anxious, you know, like that there's a lot of stuff there that's, that feels, that feels anxious and um, all of the emotions running high. So that's what I was thinking. Maybe more now than ever, the peace that passes all understanding is needed by individuals and communities as we, as we work to issue in the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is a unique event in the linear history of this earth. Okay. I like that too. In the context of his talk, it was talking about peace specifically, and certainly the way we communicate now has amplified that contention. Um, So it can be ever present, you know, Six inches from your face on your phone if you if you choose for it to be there. So, yeah. so that's another way it's needed more now today. So I like all those answers. That's a, uh, those are good things. So, well, good. The fundamental doctrine I pulled away was um, maybe super basic and maybe going back to my very practical, concrete self. So I'm I guess I'm playing to type. But he said. Today, I reaffirm strongly that the Lord has asked every worthy, able young man to prepare for and serve a mission. For Latter-day Saints, young men, or sorry, for Latter-day Saint young men, missionary service is a priesthood responsibility. So that was very direct, very concrete. um, And, you know, could be a proselyting mission, could be a service mission, but, but he said, serve a mission, young men. And then I thought it was interesting how the next paragraph, when he talked about how much we love sisters, um, he invited them to pray about whether to go on a mission, but he did not give the same invitation to the young men. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a discussion with a young man once about they were trying to decide whether they should do something that um, really they knew they shouldn't. It wasn't wasn't anything terrible, but it it was not in fitting with the for the strength of you standards. And uh, they said, "Well, I think I'm going to pray about it." And and I tried to redirect them and say, "Well, <clears throat> you know, I think." The Lord already gave the answer through the prophet, and here it is. It's the FSY booklet, and maybe you should pray about your, you know, the your testimony of these principles rather than whether you should do this specific action. Yeah. And I kind of felt that way as he was talking. Like, you know, he didn't he didn't ask you I'm going to pray about it. He just said, "Nope, this is the expectation, and and we invite you all to fulfill that that expectation." So pretty pretty straightforward and interesting. So, um, what else stood out to you about this talk? So, Burke, let's go back to you. Anything else really jump out as you went through this? Well, the line that jumped out at me was where he says, Every person who has made covenants with God has promised to care about others and serve those in need. 
Yeah. And, like, and that was one of the things that sort of pricked your, he, your heart. It did. Yes. Um, and just that he's every person who has made covenants with God. So if you have made a covenant with God, this is part of that. Right. So baptismal all the way up through the temple. Yep. I love it. As I read that, Burke, I was thinking about um, another way the podcast has made me sort of approach General Conference is to hear these themes. And I picked a new color to highlight, and that is themes that President Nelson has talked about, and covenants is one of them. And that word just really struck me as he said it. Um, You know, he talks about the covenant path and so this is part of the covenant path, serving serving those in need. So I really liked that. Um, the sentence before he said, let God prevail. The end of that paragraph, he said, gathering of Israel. The next paragraph, he said, gathering Israel. So yep. um, he, he's got those themes and um, the Lord has transmitted to him and he's going to keep repeating them until we, until we get it. So good. Rivka, what else stood out to you? Any other parts of this talk? Right around that same area when he said... In fact, it's a sentence just before and just after that. So we're basically getting this whole paragraph now. Um, He (laughs) says, we have the sacred responsibility to share the power and peace of Jesus Christ with all who will listen and who will let God prevail in their lives. And then he said, we can demonstrate faith in God and always be ready to respond to those who ask about the hope that is in us. So as I was thinking about this, as I was rereading it this week, and I'm I'm not one of the people he's talking to in in a call to go serve a full-time mission. But as I'm, you know, as as we're always being asked to be missionaries, I was thinking about how I could better do that or what sorts of things I could be doing. And this was this was mainly what struck me that the ideas that he says in here um is that our responsibility is to share the power and the peace and then also that we can do it by demonstrating faith in God, by the way we live, and then always be ready to respond to those who ask about the hope that is in us. And I thought, how can I be always ready to respond? You know, that can be an intimidating, I mean, it's intimidating, I'm sure, to go knock doors and to to need to approach people. But even sometimes when we're asked questions by people, that can be a little like, oh, uh, am I going to answer this right? What's the right way to do it? I've even had conversations with people and especially young women as we've had discussions during Sunday lessons where they're like, what if I don't know what the answer is? You know? So I was thinking about this. How can I be, how can I always be ready to respond to those who ask about the hope that is in us? And I, I think the answer to that is to live in a way where I can always have the spirit to be with me. It's just the keeping of baptismal covenants. Um, so that was one of the things that stuck out to me that is he's making a call for missionaries to share the gospel for those of us who are not, you know, on the cusp of being full-time missionaries right now. This is still something we can do. If we are living the gospel the in a, in a way that allows us to have the spirit with us all the time, then we will always be ready to respond. I love it. Fantastic. That. I did not give that sentence that much thought, so I appreciated you sort of expounding on that. And of course, I noted that he said the word hope um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Lee and I sort of keep track of how many times that's said. But 
I did. That's that's a really great thought, and it sort of ties all those things together. I mean, if you're if you're serving, as Burke pointed out, and fulfilling those covenants, then you'll have that spirit with you, as you pointed out, and you'll sort of manifest or radiate that hope um, around you, and and you'll be ready to speak naturally and normally about the gospel, as Elder Uchtdorf said in the past. And I forgot who gave the talk this time that quoted, you know, Elder Uchtdorf saying that yeah. in the past. So. Yeah, spreading the gospel by just just talking about it normally. So I love yeah, it. Yeah, in fact, I ran across as I was kind of reading about. It, I was looking for a different talk or a different quote from President McKay, David O. McKay, but I found this one. And he's speaking of parenting as he often did, but I think the principle applies to anyone. He said, "Children, but we could say any person <laughs> is more influenced by sermons you act than by sermons you preach," which. I think yeah. it's a beautiful way of saying that live the gospel and, and maybe you'll be ready to respond and maybe you'll be one of the people that someone runs across that even gets them starting thinking maybe they should be asking questions. Yep. I love it. That's fantastic. And we talked about that a few talks ago with using the correct name of the church, even just, mm-hmm. you know, doing that can raise, raise questions and have people ask you about it. So Fantastic. Well, another pattern I've recognized by doing the podcast and just really diving into these is that President Nelson is an invitation machine. <laughs> um, holy cow. He yeah. he has so many invitations in every talk. It's like every paragraph. But so, so there's even in something this short, there's a bunch of them. But what, uh, what invitations stood out to you, Burke? Uh, let's start with you. Right at the very, I mean, I marked lots of them. Some of them you already brought up in other areas, but right near the end of the talk, may you seek and receive personal revelation during these sessions. I love it. That's sort of a combined invitation and promise together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did how did that invitation impact you? Well, I, I got convicted that I need to serve more. <laughs> <laughs> And we and we end where we began. <laughs> you know, well, it's oh, interesting it. that because this comes up all the time, and we know as members of the church we're supposed to serve. And for me, it's not so much that I don't want to. I absolutely love to serve, but I have so much anxiety over serving in a way that actually makes a difference and being a hundred percent certain that the thing I'm doing is desired and correct. And I never mm. know that. You know, like if I just knew what mm-hmm. the thing to do is, I, then I would just do it. But there, a lot of times there's a social aspect of finding out what that is and there's multiple steps in there. And that is very difficult for me. So I have to work on it. Hmm. It's part of the cosmic vending machine. Yeah. It's it's the other piece of that is I just want to know that there's a button that I can press and not, you know, the whole every every step along the way. Um. It sounds a lot like Deanna. Some sometimes I'll say, you know, oh, we should do this for somebody, and she's like, well, what if they don't want that? Yeah, you know, exactly. What if what if they would be annoyed? Yeah, and I then I think, are you calling me annoying? But that's not what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, and I just my brain doesn't process that way. I just think, oh, that'll be great. I I just think everything's a good idea. So, um we balance each other out and come to some sort of good, you know, middle ground. But I don't, how do you get around that Burke when you're, when you're worried about, you know, what you're doing and how do you figure that out to serve someone in a meaningful way then? Well, thus far in my life, I get around it by not serving very much. 
sadly. <laughs> so um, I'll let you know when I figure well, it out. Okay. Right after you figure out faith and repentance. Yeah. This is great. This is going to be great. I can't <laughs> wait for the full report. I think this is a part of the faith. Mm. I think it's, I think this right. is, I think this is just an aspect of that thing that you're, you know, still working on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to say, like, have you ever just said, well, how can I serve you to somebody? That might work with your family, but I feel like when you do that to non-family members, they just say, oh, I'm fine. I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, I guess it's a, it can be a conundrum. So uh, one way you're serving well, Burke, is by being a great gospel doctrine teacher. I can guarantee that. So keep that up. Okay, I will. <clears throat> Um, Rivka, any promises and invitations that stood out to you here? Well, I think the same one. Like, that was the one I was thinking of. Um, but let me put an expansion on that, that he says, may you seek and receive personal revelation during these sessions. And if we have access to listening and reading them, it still counts. The sessions are still open, so you can still seek and receive personal revelation from from these sessions of conference. This is an active invitation that didn't end on set on Sunday afternoon. I love it. That is awesome. Um, did either of you, as I think about all these invitations and how many were in here, <laughs> this this might be stretching it a little bit. Did it feel like this talk was almost a chiasmus, like? He started out in one place. He sort of got to the middle, which was serve a mission, and then he ended in the same place. I I don't know. It was yeah, he kind of did. maybe I it was more that. yeah yeah. The world is dark, and then we're going to share the gospel <laughs> and remember the world is dark. <laughs> yeah. <And so> we- <laughs> wait wait wait. <laughs> no, that's that's how the pessimist sees that. That was classic work right there. <laughs> I think it was. That the world is struggling and needs our help, and then a call for missionary work, and remember the world is struggling, and figure out how you can help. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's what I said, but yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I'm just translating for some people who might not have understood that. For the if. <laughs> oh man. Well. Yeah. I th- thank you for translating for the optimists out there among us, but. <laughs> But it just, it felt like he sort of framed it around missionary work and the darkness of the world. And and then, you know, the darkness being sort of resolved by sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. So um, there are many invitations there. We've covered, you know, pretty much all of them. And um, I would maybe add one more that if you didn't hear or see any in these short paragraphs, go back and read it again. It was, it's really good. And one of them will will stick out to you. Um, and, and so maybe that's service, maybe it's revelation, maybe it's missionary work, whatever it is, but one will be there for you. So I think that covers that talk for today. So the next talk we're going to discuss is missionary service, blessed my life forever. What a great talk title. I mean, that's pretty awesome by president uh, Ballard <clears throat> acting president of the quorum of the 12 apostles. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on social media using the handle Words of the Prophets Podcast, or you can email us, uh, Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. And thanks everyone for joining us today. Until next time, keep the faith.
Hola a todos, this is Hermana Ebert, and here are my thoughts on President Nelson's opening remarks for the most recent general conference. Um, I do not have a written down version of the talk, nor do I have notes, so I am going completely from memory, and also I'm just going to give kind of an overview of what I thought of the whole conference, but um, our prophet is awesome, love him, he speaks so, like clearly and and he just like pleads like I think he uses those words too he just really wants us to know what he has to say and I totally feel that as a missionary I'm always telling people like this is what you could do to fix that problem you're talking about all you have to do is come to church or follow Christ or pay tithing or whatever it is and and I just I there's so much urgency and like emotion of just like you this problem could be fixed if you did this thing and I know this um, and so he he's speaking to us that way he's a prophet he can receive guidance from God for all of us he knows what's up and so I thought it was so so cool that he said that everyone needs the submissions right now <laughs> He didn't say, oh, you know, three years when COVID is 100% done or in two years when you're done with your schooling or whatever. He said, like, go, go serve a mission if you're worthy and able right now. Um, And so I thought that was really cool because yay for missionaries. And that was kind of a theme of this conference. I think there was a talk about missionaries in every session. And I thought it was interesting because usually in conference they talk about kind of member missionary work. Like the love, share, and invite thing has been going for a couple of years now, and that's like a how members can do missionary work, as well as normal missionaries too. But um, what they really focused on this conference was full-time missionary service, whether it's proselyting or service, service missions. Um, they really encouraged us to be able to go on missions. And it just, to me, conveyed the urgency of the gathering of Israel. I was talking about this earlier with um, my mom, because it's P-Day, <laughs> and um, we were talking about kind of the hope of Israel and the gathering of um, gathering of Israel, and President Nelson multiple times has, has really focused on and highlighted this, and it's cool reading the Old Testament because we actually read the covenants that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, aka the house of Israel. And how he promised that they would be gathered once again and that, you know, everyone would have the chance to receive what we've got, and that being the gospel. And President Nelson in his 2018 Worldwide Youth Devotional announced the closing hymn as the hope of Israel and then said, because this hymn is all about you talking to the youth. And I was in that audience, not really like physically there, but I was watching online. Um, and it's been really cool for me to finally, I think, realize what it means to be the hope of Israel, because all these full-time missionaries out here are are were in that group when he would talk to us, and we provide the House of Israel hope because we're gathering it in a very bold and not normal teenager slash young adult kind of way. And so I think it's really cool that President Nelson is really emphasizing and, and making it urgent the need for full-time missionaries. And I think that's super cool. Um, let's see, other thoughts about conference. I feel like there was a handful of talks on healing. And 
I thought that was really cool. I really resonated with those talks just because Christ being the master healer is something that's so, so important. And I've really come to understand that he can heal everything. Um, like there's no, there's nothing that is too big or too small for the master healer. And so he can help us forgive people. He can forgive us. He can help us overcome weaknesses. He can help us overcome mistakes. He can help us overcome hard things in our lives that have happened because of us or not because of us. And that is just so cool because that's part of the reason why I'm out here doing this is to help others' faith grow in Jesus Christ so that he can heal them and help them, you know, repent and change and grow and become who they are supposed to be. And so I really liked that kind of underlying theme throughout several of the talks of healing. Um, so yeah, overall the conference was super cool. Um, we, we're getting a temple in the Midwest. Go, go Kansas. Um, but yeah, it was a really good conference and I hope y'all liked it too. Until next time, guarde la fe. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.